just want to welcome you to the Made for More podcast. I am back with Josh again today. What's going on? I'm excited. I am too. Today's going to be kind of interesting. Uh, again, these uh, podcasts that we do are tied in with sermons. Mm-hmm. So the previous week's sermon is the launching pad for this. And uh, last week we were just talking about what it means, you know, to have this forever hope. You right. know, you know, love is this forever kind of hope. I'm summing up like, mm-hmm. a whole message in a sentence. And so... Um, and it led people down a train of thought. We're just going to talk about one question today. Yeah. Uh, down a train of thought. And the question is this. How do our present pains actually lose their power? Mm. So PTSD, somebody's back from war. Right. And uh, they have that thought of what they've seen or experienced. They feel it in their body over and over and over again. And and yeah. for them, the thought of living for forever is like, man, I, I, I can't, I, if this, if I'm living like this for forever. Right. You know, or somebody that's been fresh through a divorce and they just feel that bitterness really strong. Right. Um, like, how in the world do those places of deep pain actually mm. lose their power? Um, mm. and, and there are people out there, understandably so, the thought of living for forever mm. with their current set of pains is a hell. Right. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and so there are, and, and I, and I acknowledge that, like there are people yeah. in our church right? where, when they are like, man, the thought of forever, the thought of living mm-hmm. for forever, when I still carry the bitterness of my divorce or right. the anger at a mistreatment or the, the my, my fears that I might naturally yeah. have, or, um, or even a physical body that lets yeah. me down, like that gets so open into my eternity. I'm almost afraid of, for, afraid mm-hmm. of forever because it seems yeah. like a always drawn out pain right you know like how in the world can i get to the place where i will not be bothered it will not be suffering to think about my divorce right it will not be suffering to remember the war it will not be suffering to yeah um just acknowledging yeah that there are people out there that feel that yeah yeah and and it is kind of nearly impossible to imagine a different state you know than the one that you're in yeah, it's it's really hard to imagine. You know, what would it be like if I didn't have the life that I do have? That's you right. Know? Yeah. So it that and that can I know be a trapping kind of feeling where we're thinking like we want to hope, but maybe it's it's hard to imagine what will it be like to be healed of this. Yeah. What would it be like to not have? And we and we and the hundred percent right. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I just cut no, you. No, you're off. good. The the other part of it is there are people that the feeling of hurt because of a divorce in a sense is a way of validating that it was bad. Yeah. So like, yeah, if God heals me of this, right. Does it reduce the significance right. of that event in my life right. or, um, or make it okay or let that person off right. the hook or yeah. Does I, that make sense? I think that's a great, like, I mean, a wise way to see it. I'm not a counselor or psychologist, but I know, I mean, I've been in a lot of counseling and I know that that's true is like, as the acknowledgement of her grows, you know, and you feel that it's been given significance, yeah. like it's easier to let go of those things. So that is a good yeah, way to see it. Yeah, and I and I, I I should pause even in this podcast and say we are not going to approach this as counselors. Right? Yeah, we're not. <laughs> we are not counselors. We're theology nerds, philosophy guys. Okay, so 
Um, it, and maybe we should have circled around with this question and had somebody like my wife or Sharon Katie, yeah. somebody counseling. We can do that in the future. That'd be great. That would be really good. Yeah. And talk about it purely from the psychology right. perspective. Um, we're almost taking like this, you know, ontological, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Theology of eternity yeah. or like, yeah. Yep, and all that. And so please, uh, and, and I, I really mean this with deep, deep compassion in my heart uh, as, as the pastor of yeah. those who listen to this, um, with deep compassion in my heart, um, do not take my analytical perspective of this right. as a demeaning of your right. situation. Yeah. Um, I want to pause and acknowledge Whatever it is that you've been through, yeah. whether it's post-war, right. divorce, personal pain, mistreatment, whatever, yeah. uh, abuse of the past, right. I acknowledge that was terrible, and right. it really does hurt, and um, and I do not want to invalidate your pain, Yeah. Um, yeah. but I am going to put on theology, philosophy, yeah. guy hat. Yeah. Um, not as a replacement for classic yeah. counseling. Yeah, and maybe that's a good word to use because I'm thinking like, yeah, what happens um, in eternity? What happens as we stand before Jesus? And I don't think our pains and our difficulties and our real life experiences get invalidated, but I do think they get overshadowed in a way. Right. You know, the old right. hymn says the things of earth go strangely, strangely dim. dim. I think there's a way that the glory and joy of Jesus kind of recontextualizes or reorients or resituates our experiences into yeah. something that is so big and beautiful yeah. that it does diminish the pain. Right. I think so. And and we we uh and and we need to spend time talking about that ra- that that road too. That's right, super important. Right. But I it, and I think you're right and we also can pause and and say in a sense good atonement theory. Right. The cross is validation. Yeah. Of the yeah. actual weight of, of sin. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So There's like real pain. That's real pain. We experience. Yeah. Um, and so the, and, and I, I mean, atonement theory in a broad way, Yeah, but like it, it is acknowledgement that sin really is unbelievably painful and right. it causes deep pain. Yeah. And, and to, to be in, I know I'm, I'm go, uh, go. saying what you're saying to be in sin and also to be sinned against. Both of that's those right. are causing us pain. That's right. And so uh, Jesus, and this is this is kind of, it's it's a uh, hideously beautiful, right? Right. The right. cross is like yeah. so. The the cross in one sense is unbelievably hideous because it's like the culmination of of all our individual things. So mm-hmm. like the horrible things that were done to you, mm-hmm. something needs to hurt and bleed for that. Mm-hmm. Jesus is bearing that. He yeah. bears that yeah. weight. Right. Right. He doesn't become the abuser. Right. But he does want you to pour out all of the vengeance and revenge and hurt and pain and misunderstanding and treatment. Like it, it is awful. And yeah. we do have in our Christian theology, we mm. have a God who does not sit up on a throne eating right. grapes. And he's like, oh, that stinks to be you humans. Yeah. He comes down and he's like, I will bear all of the suffering for yeah for you. And that's a great, uh, I know a lot of 
pastors and scholars acknowledge that even different world religions, most deities are above it. That's you know, right. They're That's away right. from our pain. They're, you know, nirvana or they're yeah. um, in these states of altered consciousness that are like, you know, perfect peace. And we have a God who has entered into our story, That's right. our existence, understanding us, acquainted with a grief, a man of sorrows. Yep. So he gets those experiences. And ultimately, he lived a really horrific death. That's right. Um, even at a time where death was more gory and terrible than yeah. maybe any other time in history. It, it was truly torture. Yeah, yeah. It and, truly and torture. He not only experienced that, but did it on behalf of the people that he loved. Yeah. He chose that. Yeah. So yeah. that we can, and I, and I mean, like, whoever is listening to this, Jesus does not say, pretend like your hurts are fake. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Jesus does not say, pretend like your hurts don't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus literally says, I will bear all the actual, like I, I right. will identify you with yeah, you he's fully. with you. Yes. He knows what pain is like. Uh, and that's, that's important. Yeah. That's important. Is. And so um, just pausing and saying, we identify those hurts are real. Christ identifies those hearts yeah. are real. Those hurts are real. Yeah. Um, and so oh, that that's good. Okay, so then back to the kind of the question, how do our present pains lose their power? Right. I think it does, in a sense, begin at the cross, mm-hmm. where as a Christian, we are we are beginning, the beginning place of our pain is Jesus right. coming to us in pain. Right. So the beginning place of whatever hurt you have is a Jesus that says, listen, I am going to step into suffering yeah. At the deepest human yeah, level possible, yeah. right with you. Right. Yeah, he understands it. Yeah, and that alone is kind of a powerful and meaningful thing. Yeah. It's like we're not alone in our suffering, but Jesus um, is there. And often, really traumatic events, that is the difficult thing, is to recognize, God, how yeah. how are you with me in this? How, are, how do you see me? How do you uh, identify with me, sympathize with me? Like, and understanding that is even a very p- painful, difficult yeah, thing. That's right. And and it's, again, a lot of people have written about this, but the different ways in which Jesus felt suffering. Right, um, right. Betrayal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, actual pain. Yep. Yeah, mm. the different kinds. And so like he does identify, and there's a lot of, uh, of good literature out there on that. And, and there has been for many years. Yeah. Um, Christian yeah. history and literature has been on that. I mean, all the way back to even in the Bible. Yeah. And so from there, okay, so let's begin uh, with you thinking in your mind, and again, not as a counselor, yeah, but theologically at your place of pain. So you have been cheated on or had a divorce or um, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever place of pain, yeah. PTSD from war. Right. Um, so beginning at that spot, right where you are, in a sense, just imagine in your mind Christ gasping for breath on the cross, bleeding out, saying, I am going to come into every bit of your pain right along with you. Right. That's block one. Right. Um, And he cares. Yeah. Deeply cares. Cares so much, he he wants to come there with you. Right. But theologically, you do not spend forever bleeding on a cross. Right. And neither does Christ. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah, yeah. The... uh, there is resurrection. There is resurrection. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And so, so from there, then we enter into the question: How do we, or how do our present pains lose their power? Um, I think that you are right. Going back to what you said, I want to circle back around. Yeah. That's a good place to to start. That 
which is just this idea that the overshadowing. Mm-hmm. So talk a li- share a little bit more on that, like your yeah. thoughts. Yeah. yeah, I think maybe, um, I know I've heard uh, people, I, I, ha- I don't have any children. I've never given birth, <laughs> obviously, yeah. Yeah. but I've heard um, friends who are, have given birth to different children talking about it in that way that there's a deep pain of childbirth but there is an overshadowing of having that child and of loving that child and and there is a joy that comes and there is almost a kind of I, I don't know a blocking or an overshadowing of the pain yeah. when you experience this right. gift and i i wonder if there's something of that that happens when we meet Jesus that there's kind of almost a overshadowing of the difficulty or a recontextualizing of the difficulty where we realize wow i'm in such a big and beautiful story yeah that this pain that was once so big now is smaller yeah yeah the wonder the 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 two words that i feel like god put these on my heart for uh me personally and for our church but just Mm -hmm. the wonder and the beauty yeah the more that we just peer into the wonder and beauty of god um, and the things of this world will go strangely mm, dim. Yeah. You know, uh, just in the wake of his glory and grace, like right. that, that right. song is just so th- there's, there's right. truth in that. And what comes to my mind is, um, and I don't mean this in a demeaning way, yeah. uh, but it is good to observe it. Yeah. So the other, the other night I was putting one of my kids to bed and, uh, number four in my lineup and she's sweet. She's six years mm. old, you know, just yeah. ball of energy. Definitely going to be an Enneagram 7. Let's go. At least I think. We, we think she's going to be just mountains of play. Always play. Always energy. Join the Tigger fun. team. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Literally bouncing everywhere. Uh, but one thing that scares her is going to be, she has a hard time going to sleep because yeah. she's so energetic. Yeah. And uh, and so she lays in bed and she can just get so excited laying in bed. And then her mind starts wandering and she starts thinking about stuff and then she can't sleep. Uh, and now we as adults do this too. Mm-hmm. in our own ways and so and then she starts playing out scenarios from school or something her mm-hmm. teacher said and uh and inevitably she can land sometimes at a place of being scared right and daddy and so i go in and i and i've done this i've got five kids i've done this yeah. before yeah <laughs> and uh, and i lay down like what's wrong baby and she's you know she tells me some thought that's roaring through mm-hmm. her mind that's scaring her um, you know, something might be in my closet or I saw a TV show and it made me think, mm-hmm. can you look under my bed? Whatever. And so I go and I look in the closet. I'm like, there's nothing in your closet. You're going to be okay. But she can't stop thinking that there might be. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, hey, I'm going to let you lay down. I'll come back and check on you. And she's in tears. Mm-hmm. Like, I, daddy, no, don't go. Daddy, don't go. Daddy, you got to stay here. Daddy, you got to. So I, I, you know, I lay back down. I'm like, hey, listen, you really are okay. Um, I'm close. You go through the whole thing. In yes. that moment, those fears are insurmountable to her. Right. They really feel insurmountable. Right. And everybody listening to this is most likely an adult. Right. You have had those moments too at some point in your history. Right. Where your fears are insurmountable. Yeah. But then time, as you grow older, Mm -hmm. understanding as these things increase. Right. It's not that that moment didn't exist. Yeah. But your understanding makes the understanding of the moment. It's like it grows smaller. Yeah. Yeah. And I th- that is a beautiful way of thinking about it is like as we grow in understanding, I think an important piece we should insert into this is when we have more understanding and when we are reoriented towards pain, it isn't just diminishing something that's unresolved. 
but it's actually healing it. That's right. That a part of that perspective really is closing the wound and healing the wound. Yeah. So when we say diminish, we don't just mean like a smaller thing that's still unresolved. Right. But we mean something that is becoming smaller because it's being healed. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, you are understanding it rightly. Right. As you age. Right. Now, and again, I, the way people are going to hear this um, when you talk about it kind of in a more clinical theological yeah. world as opposed to like a counseling how mm-hmm. are your feelings lead the way not necessarily lead the way that came out wrong but the more counselor yeah. m- my wife would be looking at me with like you're not saying that right guys <laughs> but when you look at it in that clean clinical way it's like are you diminishing what i went through and i just want to remind you if you are a parent or a grandparent or if you remember when you were a kid in that moment those feel insurmountable right they right. feel insurmountable. I mean, like I one time when I was a youth pastor, we had a teenage girl, seventeen year old girl, come over to our house. She was suicidal mm-hmm. because her boyfriend broke up with her. Right, right. literally suicidal. She's like, right. I can't be alone. I'll take my yeah. own life, kind of yeah. a deal. Yeah. Sat in my living room for hours and mm-hmm. wept and wept with my wife, right. the seventeen year old high school yeah. girl, because her boyfriend broke up with her. Yeah, and I remember even as like a twenty five year old or twenty four, yeah. however old I was at the yeah. time, I remember in the other room going. Going, oh my, come on. This yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. Because, but to that young lady, take her own life serious yeah. at that moment to her. Yeah. And so my wife is so good, the counselor, love yes. her where she's out. But you know what? Following the Lord, gazing into his beauty, being yes. reminded, leaning into hope even before you feel yeah. it. Now she's married to a different guy with her own right. family and doing really well. Right. And I bet if I yeah. was to go, hey, remember that time you came to our house? She'd be grateful yeah. for that moment. But I bet it wouldn't bear near the impossible to surmount weight in her psyche. Right. It's right, not that right. it didn't exist. Yeah, yeah. But she is growing yeah. beyond it in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many different scenarios it would be impossible to like um, specifically talk about each one. Yeah. But I know often when we are sinned against, like, yeah, the, the weight of that is so massive in the moment. But. I'm sure in heaven we can see through the eyes of love for others and for ourselves. That's right. To such a degree that we can offer others grace and love for mistakes that they have made and also look at ourselves and say, you know, I I also didn't see things, didn't understand things. So just the amount of love and charity we can offer. And I think we can begin to do that on earth too. You know, there's great healing that takes place on earth where we offer others charity and forgiveness and love and we offer ourselves that too. But in heaven, I think we will see so much more than we can see right now that the degree of love and charity we can offer is just greater. The way, the way, so like, um, I mean, we fight not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. So in a sense, the person who hurt you is not the enemy. They are the victim of another sin. Yes, but it doesn't feel that way as we're caught in the situation. 100% right. Yeah. So at a feel, again, again, I want to validate your personal experience, and I do not want to diminish your... So I'm talking about this in a theological kind of clinical way. So. Please go get counseling, please. Yeah. I'm just going to say that four or five more times probably before yeah. this is over because I want to honor your experiences. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I, there is also this idea that the the, the hurting person yeah. is also the victim of the work of the enemy in other ways. Yeah, that's right. And the yeah. way the way Lewis paints is, I can't remember where I read this. Maybe it was The Four Loves. That's not, I don't think that's right. Yeah. But the way Lewis shares it in one of his books that I read 
uh, a while back is he he remembered being on the battlefield like when he was doing yeah. like trench warfare kind of yeah. stuff and it dawned on him the people that are a hundred yards off mm-hmm. shooting at him and he's shooting at them yeah they also think they're doing this for yeah and right. and he and in his he said in his mind and I, I remember where I read this uh, but he he's like imagine if we were to like at the exact same moment on this battlefield we were to take each other out and then we're both standing in the afterlife a hundred percent sure yeah that we are trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and then all of a sudden understanding where the other person is coming from. Right. And Lewis literally says in there, he's like, I'm not sure I would even be mad at them. Right. Um, or right. another way to put it is I went yeah. through a civil war museum a few years ago. Yeah. And, uh, though it's all under glass, they had different pages opened up from like, uh, people that are, yeah. you know, people that have been in the civil war, yeah. like in the South, yeah. you know, the people that lost. Right. 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 And, you read through it and they a hundred percent think they're doing right the right thing. I mean, even praying God protect yeah. us as we try to enact right. your will. Right. And so there is this grand idea that we are victim to the poison of the enemy. Right. In yeah. Many, many, many different yeah, ways. Many people think they're, they're deceived. Yeah. They're deceived. People often do really, really evil things. Mm-hmm. Um, and they think that what they're doing is for a good cause. That's right. Know? And so when we get to the old adage, hurt people, hurt people. So yeah. when we get to heaven, when we get this divine perspective, there there is this idea that there is a waking up. Right. A maturing. Yeah. Where all of a sudden it just gets clearer. Right. And right. a new kind of compassion can be generated. Right. And even, uh, great to insert Tim Keller, even if the person is not worthy of it, even if they were undeserving, even if their intention was bad, like we get to be the kind of people who want to offer mercy. Yeah. You know, and the cool thing is we we can participate in that now. Yeah. We don't have to wait for heaven, but we do have to wait for heaven for maybe some of the complete and full perspective right. that we get face to face with Jesus. Man, and there are little all the way through scripture um, though we've loosely referenced some texts already, all the way through scripture, there are these little dots of ideas of this all the way through mm-hmm. the Bible, right? All the way yeah. through. Yeah. Um, you know, like the scripture we use on Sunday, Psalm 27, some trust in yeah. chariots, some in horses, but we trust the name of the Lord our God. Like some yes. trust, like for things to be made right, yeah. for things to be made whole, for me to be able to have security right. and be okay, it's going to be right. in the might that man can make. Mm. Um yeah. And then other people are like, no, I, I got yeah. to trust in the Lord. You know, or I love the Philippians one you mentioned earlier. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ right. Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I might gain Christ. Right. Like there's, right. there's ultimate compass. And what goes through my mind in this is um, everybody listening to this, you will be brought to places where all you have is trust in the Lord. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I mean, the, the way I envision it in cli- like in my mind and even in my own heart in journeys in my faith, there are times it's like you're brought to a cliff. Um, it's like the uh, Indiana Jones, mm. you know, is it the, the, where they're going after the, the you know, the drink or whatever that can make them live forever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Fountain of Youth. Fountain of Youth kind yeah. of thing. And so, uh, or in, and in, in, long story short, you know, you're drawn to that cliff and you can't see where to go in this step of faith right. out there. And, yeah. Um, but all of us are going to be drawn to that place where it's like, what yep. I currently have, I cannot logically see an answer yes. to this. Yep. And in those moments, n- now, I'm not saying you don't understand it yet. I'm saying you realize 
you don't have the capacity yeah, you to can't. understand. You can't see yeah, it. Right. Um, right. And in those those moments, man, there's going to be a place where you just step out and trust yeah. the Lord. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can experience that a little bit, just taking five minutes to think about what eternity means and what having no end means. Oh. We can't actually comprehend that. It's actually almost a scary thought right. because it's like, what does it mean to never end? Yeah. You know, we we won't be able to understand that in our current state. Right. So like with my little girl, it's really scary and she's laying there and what might be in her closet, that fear is insurmountable in that moment. Right. I cannot reason. She, her mind can't go there yet. Yeah. Not she doesn't understand it yet. Yeah. She understands the word that I'm saying. Her the words I'm saying. Her yeah. mind cannot get there. Yeah. In a way that her emotions can follow it. Like she's stuck. Yeah. And in those moments, it's like I look down at my kids or whatever. So it was my daughter here yeah. recently, and it's like I take her little hand, I put it in mm-hmm. mine, and I'm like, listen, trust Daddy. Mm-hmm. Do you trust Daddy? Yeah. Listen, Care Bear. Care is her name. So like, Care, I call her Care Bear. So it's like Care Bear. I want you to know. Um, do you not think I would do absolutely anything to protect you? And I love you. And I'm, and she's, so just trust daddy. Mm-hmm. I cannot logically get your brain where it would like to mm-hmm. go. So you just have to, you just have to trust me. Yeah. And yeah. as funny as it is, no matter how complex our situation is, yeah. the metaphor is that, mm-hmm. yeah. um, somehow in God's divine way, in in methods that we probably that we definitely do not even understand yet yeah god is going to take the hand of each believer yeah the hand of the believer who came from sex trafficking yeah. like with the yeah. the ministries that we help support mm-hmm. that rescue uh, young people out of the human trafficking uh, yeah, the hand, rescue, yeah. that's right, the hands of the, the people that have been through a divorce, the hands of people that have been abused mm-hmm. as a child, the hands, all of these Christians, wherever you're at, whatever your fear is, our God is good. Mm-hmm. He yeah. comes down, he identifies with your hard moments of suffering, yeah. and he absolutely made you for an Eden. That's yeah. what you were made for, yeah. and the world broke. And he is calling you into a heaven. And everybody here, no matter where you're at, you will be brought to a place. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, literally your capacity to get it. And he will make straight your paths. Mm. Um, And so I do not have a good answer. If you're asking me, how can I stop feeling this feeling that I don't like? Right. But I can tell you this. That is not your eternal state, oh Christian. Your good father will pull you to much higher, greater, eternally higher, eternally greater planes. Yeah. And I think what you're describing is saving faith, really. Because like, I mean, whenever you read the word believe in your Bible, it's talking about believe to be saved. It is that. It is trust. It isn't memorize a set of facts but it's trust in a real God who is so good and is leading us into greater healing. Yeah, that's right. Oh man, it's so good. The other day, my kids, uh, some of my older kids were asking me about salvation. Like, what is salvation? Is it about saying these words or doing these? And I I told them, I was like, you know what? As simple as it is, salvation is simply just deciding what you will trust in. Mm -hmm. So it's true. My six-year-old, who says, I go, what's the most important thing, Kara? And she goes, love God and obey him. 
that is salvation. Yeah. yeah. And that six-year-old, it's yeah. choosing what you will trust. Yeah. Um, now, there's <laughs> infinite complexities to <laughs> yeah. that. Like, so, because yeah. you can't trust anything for salvation. Yeah, that's right. It's trusting in Christ. That's right. Yep. Uh, alone. Yep. yep. But it's, it is, it's great that you're making a distinction between just intellectual understanding, mm-hmm. which sometimes faith is described that way. But we're saying instead, it's trust in a real being, God. That's right. Who is our Father. A you know, sentient, and who, loving yes. being. God is love, the scripture says. Yeah. So we you, don't have to understand why or how right. things are going to work. Right. And so uh, maybe for you right now, do if you're in a hard place, do pursue counseling, Christian yeah. counseling. Do work through it. There are tools that can help get you past mental blocks Right. Um, that, that can be very helpful. But I'm just telling you... Um, your good God will beckon you to a higher place mm-hmm. and, uh, and it will heal mm-hmm. and you will be made whole. And maybe the only thing you have today is just to choose to trust yep. that he who began a good work yeah. will be faithful to complete it, as yeah. the scripture says. Yep. And we can do our best to you know take little ways of describing that. But however, we know somehow there will be no more pain. Yeah. No more tears, no more crying. Yep, Revelation twenty one four. Yep, when we see Jesus, that things will be put right. And I love the the image of He will be our Son. Yep, you know we, there will be no more need for the Son because He is our very light. Yeah. Oh man, that's right. I, I that's great. In fact, even the Revelation text is a great. One for there will be no more death or mourning mm-hmm. or crying or pain for the old yeah. order of things has passed, passed away. away. Yeah. My friends, wherever you're at, whatever pain you carry, I promise. To you as believers, the best is yet to come. Amen. And we love you all. Thanks for being a part of the podcast. Hope you guys have a great week. Until next time.